before I get neck deep in season five, I wanted to say, those of you that don't know, my friend Kathy Escobar is going to be in Portland at the end of April, and we are going to do our first Grief Has No Rules in the Woods experience slash workshop. It's pretty much full at this point, but the reason I'm telling you is because this is something that Kathy and I, I think, are going to try to do on a semi-regular basis, or at least yearly, but it is something that I am passionate about doing on a regular basis. So I want you to keep that in the back of your minds, not necessarily around grief every time. I do have workshops that I offer, rage walks in the woods, and some other things that center around releasing things in the woods and in nature. But this is an official one with Kathy Escobar, April 29th. You can look into it if you want. I will put it in the show notes. That's my dogs. And if I don't see you this time, hopefully I see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to season five, I cannot believe it, of Soul Care with me, Angie Fado, with me, myself, and I, and my dogs, and my cat. It has been um, a minute. I ended up taking a little bit longer break than I had originally thought because life, and I needed to. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am on the unceded traditional sites of the Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, Kathlamet, and many other tribes that made their homes on this land that I also call my home. Um, before we get into it, I just I want to say thank you to everybody that... Um, has made my podcast part of your listening pleasure. It means a lot to me. Um, I think there's a magic that can happen on podcast. At least I feel this on this podcast for me personally, that you are in the room with me. It's much like I make soup with um, my friend Tamara. We make it separately and then we bring it together um, once a week for this group that takes soup to people that live outside. And when I make that soup, I think I've talked about it on here before, but I really try to concentrate on putting my love, my intention, good energy, try to find joy while I'm making it because I don't like to cut vegetables. (laughs) And sometimes if I'm really present, I really focus on who might be eating it, or at least my love and care and energy going into the process of making the soup. Much like that, this podcast is very similar to me. 
I don't know who you are. I mean, I know some people that listen um, that are friends of mine, but when I am doing this, I am actually thinking of you. And as much as a one-sided conversation can be embodied with other people, I do feel like I'm having a conversation with you. And that is very important to me because with so much out there to consume and take in and, you know, that is for the bettering of who we are or our mental health or our wellness, our stability, all of that. There's so much good stuff out there. I just want to say that I appreciate every single person that has listened and continues to listen. And when that stops, if it ever stops, um, then I'll stop. Or when I feel like I don't know if I have anything more to say, which those of you that know me probably know that that's not going to happen anytime soon. Because I have a lot to say and I'm constantly thinking and I'm constantly reading And I'm trying to open myself up more to the beauty of being a vulnerable human in this world that is complicated and fraught. And so I think that's what I want to talk about today. And just so you know, it is Thursday and I'm putting this out on Thursday. And right now on my stove is the soup for tonight's feed. And because I was raised, you know, celebrating Easter and in the church, I don't know why, but ham is a big deal. And so I tried to put as much ham as I could into the soup to kind of give it a <laughs> an Easter or a seasonal feeling for the people that are going to eat it. Um, And so my house smells like ham, which is frankly not a bad smell, kind of like bacon. And so while I'm holding this space with you, with myself, and the intentions that I set before I start the podcast, I have my flat bread and honey candle going. And I try to set the mood for myself. (laughs) much like a romantic encounter. Anyway, um, but I, I'm i also like holding an intention for the soup and holding an intention for you and for our time together. And I hope that that comes through in this podcast because that is the most important thing to me is for 30 minutes, you guys know me, I'm not super good at staying within that 30-minute mark, but I'm going to really try to do it. But let's, on the safe side, 30 to 40 minutes that you know that somebody in Portland sitting in their dining room or sometimes in my bedroom is holding you in my heart, in this space that we have created together. That is powerful imagery to me and that is important to me. And so I hope that you feel that right now. You feel that in wherever you are, whether you're in your car, you've got your headphones in and you're about ready to go to sleep, you're in the bath, you're walking your dogs, 
wherever you are right now, be still for three seconds with me. Take a deep breath. In through your nose, out through your mouth, maybe one more. Three never hurt anybody. And know that I am holding space and with you right now in this moment. I do want to talk about vulnerability. But more than that, I want to talk about um, my mantra from this week, which was I listen to, I listen to my voice. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I want to hear what I say. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I want to hear what I say. That comes from a song that Todd and I wrote years ago in our community. But it also came up recently for me. I went to my friend's retreat. It's called Navigator. You can look it up. My friend Amy McMullen leads these retreats and provides this beautiful space for women to be fully present with themselves and other people. And I don't know how she makes it so safe so fast. But she does, and I do archery for it, and it's really powerful. And the women are amazing, completely go for it. And watching them, so I'll give you a little backdrop. It starts on Thursday, late afternoon, early evening. I get there on Friday late afternoon, early evening. So they've already been there for 24 hours with each other before I get there. And they do whatever they're doing because I'm not there. And some of the people know each other, but most are strangers to each other. And by the time I get there, a beautiful thing has already taken place where you see women feeling comfortable in their vulnerability, in their pain, in exactly who they are in the moment, whether it's conflicting for them, comfortable for them, whatever it is. And Amy creates the space and it's beautiful. And so by the next morning when I do the intensive journaling with the archery, there is no barrier, which it's really hard to explain unless you've done the meditative archery with me. It just does its own work. And yes, I'm a product of that work and I facilitate it, but it's amazing. So that's what's happening. And right before we did, we started into the meditative journaling. Um, If you're curious what that is, you can go back to a previous podcast and um, I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But I talk about it. Anytime I talk about archery, I've probably talked about the meditative journaling process. Anyway, the women were journaling. I was holding that space and leading the prompts. And I kept hearing this song that Todd and I had wrote. It goes, I listen to, I listen to your voice. I listen to, I listen to your voice. I want to hear. 
you say. I want to hear what you say. And it just was on repeat over and over. And I realized that I was singing something that I wanted for each and every one of these women. And what I wanted was for them to listen and trust their inner voice because that's what I want for myself. And I've talked about listening to your inner wisdom and this is just another element to it. And so I was holding that. I used to do a lot of singing things, I guess, into existence or singing over people and I don't do that very often. I've done it a couple times on here because I listen to myself and if I feel that, you know, then I do it. And I try not to judge it and I try to just put it out there and let it be what it is because I have learned over the years of singing and how music changes, can't believe I'm saying this, but changes frequencies. It does. Especially if the singer is aware. And so I try to listen to that. I'm not, I don't always do it, but most of the time, because I've done it for so long, I listen. It is uncomfortable, but what's a little uncomfortability for 30 to 60 seconds to three minutes? I can get over that. And you can do whatever you want with it, and I try not to judge it. Anyway, I didn't sing over them because they were journaling, but I was singing inside myself. And as I was singing inside myself, and as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing I was knitting another piece of this inner wisdom together. I have been on a journey with my own inner wisdom and inner voice, you know, probably my whole life, but aware of it for at least the last 20 years. And each time I go a little bit deeper and then maybe I have a wound and I pull back much like vulnerability. So that's, that's the correlation I'm making with vulnerability at this point. I lean in Maybe I get wounded. Maybe I don't get wounded by being vulnerable, but the wound makes me pull back again and put my guard up, which isn't bad or good. I I think sometimes we have to put our guard up to protect ourselves. It's just getting me getting to the point where I know my guard came up. So when I'm alone with myself, I can kind of sit with that, which I don't think I've built that fully yet inside myself to be able to go, oh, that was a wounding in my vulnerability and now I need to, and I pulled back to protect myself. And now in the quiet of my own space, I wanna look at that so then I don't have my armor on all the time because that is exhausting. And I've spent my life as a child of abuse having my guard up because I had to have it up. Much like my inner wisdom, I can trust it and it's complicated because we are raised as humans to not trust that inner voice, especially if you are a woman. And you're from the time you come into the world, you're told to not 
trust it. You're, and not only to not trust it, but have that, have your instincts constantly be attacked, I guess, or you to ignore your instincts about something. So inner wisdom might say, don't sit on, you know, uncle's lap or I don't feel like hugging that person. And so you say no or you shy away and then an adult forces you to do it anyway or says, what's wrong with you? Why wouldn't you want to X, Y, and Z? So that's what I'm talking about. It is a, (laughs) I guess inner wisdom for me and vulnerability, maybe they are the same thing, I don't know, are in myself a work in progress. For the most part, I trust it. It's it's saved me from dangerous situations. It's been part of knitting me back together to trust myself. But I heard that song and I saying it inside myself over those women because that's what I want for them. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for you. I want you to listen to, listen to your voice, that deep voice within you. Hold that voice, value that voice, nurture that voice, make mistakes with that voice, say sorry to that voice if you need to, come back together with that voice. And one of the things... I was thinking about around this and I talked about it in the mantra from Monday is I don't know much about um, improv. I've done a little bit, done a few of the games. I like it. I like the spontaneity of it, the not blocking the offer, which I use a lot of the language in journaling. One of the things that I like that somebody taught me was the yes and So I'm saying yes to my inner voice and sometimes and having a question. But I'm leading with yes. Yes, I trust you and I'm scared. Yes, I believe you and I'm nervous. Yes, and yes, and. So I am trying to say yes to myself, trust myself and build that container that again is saying to my inner voice, to wisdom, to vulnerability, yes and. And what the yes and does is maybe when my guard goes up, because that is my natural, let me rephrase that. I think the nature of who I am at the core of myself is a very gentle, loving, soft person. Those that know me well know that. And because of the family I grew up in and the way I had to protect myself in the world, that is not always who I put forth in the world. I think I put it mostly forth, if that's even a way to say a sentence. Like I would say at this point, at 51, 98 percent, 99% of me is my true self. And there's this thin armor around me that is still connected to that very deep child wound that is not ready to put down her sword. And it is 
a constant, <laughs> I was going to say battle, but that's not really the right word. I try not to wrestle with that part of myself too much because when that part feels safe, that part will lay, lay down that sword. And I have laid it down before. And I have learned through therapy, through some amazing books, that when that part of myself is ready, that has kept us safe for these 51 years. When I show her in a multitude of ways that I have her and I create safety and softness and rest and non-performance as much as I can, she eventually will feel safe enough to most of the time have that guard down, have that armor laid down. But you know, realistically in the world we live in. I cannot go around and you cannot go around 100% of the time not having some kind of protection or awareness. Or And I don't think that would be healthy to not have an awareness of the dangers around. Those of us who have had trauma or have had some kind of invasion to that maybe have that on overdrive. And so I am always aware of dangers, the perceived dangers, whether there are dangers or not. Anyway, that's that's kind of it. I I want you to, if you can, right now in this moment, ask yourself, what, where can I lean in to the yes and of myself? The yes of I will listen. And it might take a little bit of time. Yes, I'm trustworthy. And I may have to build that trust with myself. Yes, and. Where are the yes ands that you can lean into? And how can you build that container in yourself or with the people around you that are safe or with a good therapist? Therapy is amazing. And I understand that it's difficult if you don't have access or you don't have the privilege of insurance. If you don't, there are also a lot of good books out there that can hold that space and and create an environment to change regardless of whether you're able to get therapy or not. Therapy would be my number one for you, and I believe everyone should have a right to therapy, and it should not be something that you even have to ask insurance for. But that's not the world we're living in right now. But there are some really good books out there to help with that. Where are the where is the yes and in the safe places and the safe people that you can put in your life and build in your life to nurture inner wisdom, which I think leads to more beautiful vulnerability for all of us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. I've missed you. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. 
and I'm going to end with the song. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I want to hear what I say. I want to hear what I say. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I listen to, I listen to my voice. I want to hear what I say.